The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, Fuel by Dead and Barbecue. It's time to get to our guy Austin Price, VolQuest.com, at Austin Price Liz. His time is brought to you by Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty. Her telephone number is 865-257-7897. AP, good morning. Hollywood. Good morning, Austin Price. <laughs> Lowe told me to call you Hollywood every time I'm on that. <laughs> I think uh, Swain loves being called Hollywood, Austin. So I, 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 <laughs> I think you should call him Hollywood as, as much as you can. <laughs> Austin, it's a, a pretty big week for Tennessee recruiting as the coaches hit the road. Who would you say are the prospects that are at the top of the priority list as as Tennessee coaches hit the road and, and get in homes? Well, the biggest one last night was Cody Jones. You know, the Michigan commit from Memphis. You know, Tennessee rolled in there with half the staff, the defensive staff, all in Memphis to see Cody. Um, it was a huge family affair. Um, you know, extended family was there. I mean, you know, it, Michigan's making it really hard on Tennessee. Tennessee has really kind of made a move there. And in Michigan, is, you know, not just because they won last week and, and are, are playing the championship game this week with a chance to go to the playoff, but they've just made it, I mean, like they've made a real push over the last couple of weeks to uh, kind of thwart the, uh, the Tennessee momentum. And so, and this is going to be interesting to see. You know, does he take a visit this weekend to Knoxville? Does he not? Um, what does it mean if he doesn't? You know, I mean, normally, you know, in, in most instances, the rule is if they don't visit, they're not coming. So uh, there are some exceptions, but the rule is, you know, what it is. So, you know, Cody Jones, to me, is at you know, the top of the priority list for Josh Heifel. Um, Sunday night, he was the Elijah Herring. Uh, he's going to be, you know, seeing several other guys out of state the rest of the week. He saw Cam Miller last night as well, the uh, wide receiver from Memphis that committed to Tennessee. Um, and, then, you know, I, I think one of the biggest visits potentially is coming up uh, like Sunday night. I think, you know, Coach Heifel is set to visit for White, who, you know, George is taking a harder swing out here, trying to see if they can pry him away from Tennessee. Ha- do you have an expectation for for how much Tennessee is going to get done in the early signing period? Do you, do you think that they'll try to get the majority of their guys signed, or, or do you think they'll still have some work to do for the the regular signing day? Every every school is going to attempt to sign all of their prospects in the early signing period. Um, you know, nobody wants to have to battle things in January and February. And and you don't want to because it just becomes a madhouse. Like kids that don't sign early, like my point my point was kids that are kind of tweener kids. When I say tweener kids I mean like, you know, low level power five or high high top of group of five top players. Like they should wait because inevitably some nice programs end up with some scholarships available. And so they 
you know, oh, I need a body. I need a safety. Okay, I'm going to throw an offer to the guy. You know, it's a reach. You know, he's not going to be ready for a few years. I'm not sure if he'll ever be ready, but we got this. We got, we got the, we got the spot. So we're going to throw an offer his way. Like, you know, that, that that's the month of January and February. That and the portal business. Like, coach is going to be you know, going to see all these kids in the portal, visiting kids that are, you know, in the portal um, in the month of January and February. I, they're going to attempt to sign them all then um, as many as they can. Like a guy like James Pierce, he's interesting because I think Tennessee's the leader for James Pierce. I think if James Pierce signs early, it's Tennessee. If he doesn't sign early, I think Tennessee's chances of landing James Pierce go way down because it'll become a madhouse in the month of January and February. So, you know, I, I think every school wants to sign them early. That's always going to be the trend. It's been the trend since they started the early signing period. You know, it, it's basically like like how Clemson approaches the recruiting process. Let's get all our commits before June in the summertime. That way we can, you know, kick our feet up on the desk and relax. I, I think that that's, that's kind of all coaches when it comes to getting kids signed early. Hey, let's get these kids in. Not so we can relax, but so now we can, okay, we got two spots left. Let's focus on these two kids. Go, 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 go crazy out there, you know, and, and, and try to try to land these kids. Let's focus on these four portal kids and put all our efforts into landing this tackle that's transferring from Team X or this safety that's transferring from Team Y. So, yeah, I mean, they're going, the goal is get them all in in December. Awesome. PriceVolQuest.com uh, here. What's the what's the backstory on the Georgia Tech transfer, uh, Jameer Gibbs? What's the backstory on him? I know Tennessee was was recruiting him um, not too long ago. What's kind of the, the story with him? Well, Jameer's a young man who, when he was going into his uh, senior season down in Dalton, Georgia, uh, I got a text from then the Texas A&M running backs coach Jay Graham and said, hey, Tennessee really needs to look at this guy. Like, he's really good. Jay was at A&M at the time. Um, he came up for camp. They worked him out at corner. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Jim Cheney, before anybody goes in, that was not a Jeremy Pruitt thing. That was a Jim Cheney thing. Pruitt and Ansley just thought, okay, well, Cheney don't like him running back. He's too good of an athlete to, you know, not at least try to land, you know. And so they, they tried to look at him at a corner. But that was more of a Jim Cheney didn't really like him at running back deal. Um, just knew where everybody was going to go with that. Um, you know, so, like, he had interest in Tennessee coming out of high school, this thing's going to be a total fiasco because Alabama, Ohio State, you name it, they're going to have an interest in him. Leads the nation in all-purpose yards. I just – Tennessee's going to take a big swing there. We'll see if anything materializes. There are going to be people from Dalton that, that are that are pro-Tennessee that will, you know, will help Tennessee in, in, in their kind of pitch to try to land the Georgia Tech transfer. But, you know – this thing's going to get really interesting. I, you know, Ohio State's the interesting name to me here because, like, I mean, you always need two running backs, but Ohio State really predominantly plays one guy and then plays a second guy a little bit and then a third guy and even a little bit less than that. Um, they don't really split carry. And they've already got Travion Henderson, who's run for over 200 yards in multiple games this year. I I just that that one would shock me, and of course Alabama's so full. You know, I, I you know maybe maybe he wants to go and share and split time and not take a beating. Um, 
you know, we'll see. But I, I know Tennessee's going to take a, a big swing there and see if they can, you know, connect. What about other potential transfers that Tennessee may pursue? I know it's early, and a lot of guys are still entering the portal, and, it, and it's very fluid. But any other names that stand out or, or positions that you think Tennessee is really going to try to attack? I mean, I, I think Tennessee will try to attack the offensive line. We'll see what happens with the running back situation. Uh, they'll they'll try to attack receiver. Um and, and then, you know, potentially linebacker, um, you know, or defensive line uh, would, would make a lot of sense. I, I can see defensive line being someplace that they spend some time um, in, in the portal. But you're right, it's really kind of too early. I mean, there's been a few kids that go in the last couple of days. Like, I think Tennessee would, you know, at least look at Jaden Hazelwood, you know, the transfer from Oklahoma. Hazelwood's a top-end talent. You know, he officially visited here, so he's been to Knoxville before. Um, how how does he go through the process? Or just simply, he's a Georgia kid. He left the state. He's really good. Georgia needs a receiver. Boom, and he goes back home. You know, I mean, it, it, it's always interesting to kind of see how this plays out. You know, because a kid looks at things differently, and schools look at kids differently when they've been in a college program for a couple of years, if they've kept their nose clean versus not keeping them. If they've been productive versus not being productive. If it's a position of need versus just taking a body. So, um, you know, I, I feel like, you know, it's probably too early to tell them some of these kids, but like, again, I think Tennessee will at least look at Jaden Hazelwood. They will take a big swing at Jameer Gibbs. You know, I mean, I personally don't see much having with, with Zach Evans, but you never say never. Um, and then, you know, after that, you know, who goes in the portal the next month, you know, or next two months? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'll i be interested to see, like, you know, do any of the kids from Virginia Tech go in the portal now that they've had a coaching change, now that, you know, potentially Bill O'Brien looks like he could be headed there, like, you know, does he jive with the current roster? Um, do kids want to go? Because, I mean, like, there are multiple guys on that, that roster that if they went in, maybe would fit Tennessee, you know. Um, like Trey Turner, James Mitchell, those are guys that Hendon knows. You know, if they went in, you know, would Tennessee take a look at them, you know, because of the connection with Hendon? Maybe, maybe not. You know, and, and those kids may never go in the portal. But, you know, you just start trying to connect dots, and, you know, those those are the dots that are easiest to connect if, if you're me. Awesome. PriceVolQuest.com here. Uh, the good thing about having a team – uh, kind of exceed expectations and, and win is, hey, you're happy, the team is winning, you're feeling good. The the downside of that is that other teams want those coaches and they they raise their eyebrows and maybe they're interested in the coaches that, that, that you have. And in this case, Tim Banks is a name that um, will be mentioned with some head coaching opportunities out there. Are you hearing anything about um, Tim Banks being linked to any job? Yeah, you know, his name's been linked to Duke. Um, you know, I could see that. You know, I, I think that ultimately Duke's going to try to take a swing at Tony Elliott and, and hire him. But, you know, who's to say that, you know, he's going to take it? Those Clemson assistants never seem to move around. Like right now, Elliott didn't turn, turn down Tennessee a year ago. You know, potentially could 
you know, land the Duke gig now after they've had such a terrible year on offense would make some sense for him to kind of restart and get out and be a head coach. Um, you know, Brent Venables obviously is a guy that, you know, is a long-time defense coordinator at Clemson. Right, right now might be a nice reboot for Dabo, like try to kind of get some juice. Because that, that, Clemson, as crazy as it sounds, they went from kind of, you know, the it school to kind of a little bit of staleness the last, you know, year or so. And, and maybe that's just as simple as, you know, they had a bad batch of seniors or, or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, if you're Josh Heifel, you really don't want change after one year. The program's had so much change. But it's also a good thing that, you know, the guys you've hired potentially could get some looks. And so, you know, Jerry Mack, you know, interviewed for the Akron job. Jerry wasn't really interested. I think it's more just kind of keeping the interview sh- sh- uh, skills sharp. And you know, I mean, Jerry would like to be a head coach. You know, I mean, that's not a that's not a bad thing. I mean, when you hire a guy as your running backs coach and he can go be a head coach, um, that's positive. So, um, I-, I ultimately think that you know Tennessee will have basically the whole staff back. I could see maybe one. Uh, and I'm not just that's not like a ten point of. You know, one guy I'm looking at, I'm just saying, like, I could potentially see, like, maybe one person getting a promotion somewhere. But I think most of the staff will be back, if not all. Since the last time we spoke with you, the city of Atlanta has been good to Tennessee on the recruiting trail. What's your thoughts on Tennessee picking up commitments from Joshua Josephs and Christian Harrison? Well, two positions of need. Pass rusher, corner, and and I think that's the biggest thing here is you know you're you're adding quality bodies. Uh, Joshua Joseph, I think, is a really good player, and then Harrison is much bigger than I thought he was. Um, you know, seeing him in person, you know, without pads on, uh, just regular clothes, I was impressed by him. So I, I think two nice, solid gets. Um, you know, are either one of them going to be ready to play next year? I don't know. I mean, that's up to those kids and how much work they put in. But uh, I, I, they're both smart, and I, I think that goes a long way to finding your way on the field early is knowing the playbook. Hey, P, uh, we'll get you out on this, man. You know, there's there's media all around the, the country, and um, we know that the recruits, they're on Twitter. They see what these guys are saying, and a tweet can be retweeted, and boom, they can see it. And the moment that Lincoln Riley went to USC, there were some folks that was like, man, I, I can see a fit Heupel in Oklahoma. And then that got, you know, that got started. Uh, you talked to the recruits. Are those recruits thinking about, in a serious way, Heupel not being a coach here and possibly going uh, to Oklahoma? Or are they not even phased by some of that um, – you know, talk out there. You know, I don't think they're phased by it at all. Um, you know, I think they're used to that. And, uh, you know, does it maybe worry some recruit out there? Sure. I mean, because you, you don't want to go somewhere and the coach leave. And, and so, it's like, Rodney Harrison's a smart guy. Played in the NFL. I, I think, you know, he wouldn't have let Christian commit yesterday if there was any doubt in his mind Josh Heupel was leaving. So I, I think a lot of this stuff is, you know, you pick up a phone call, you call coach, 
know, hey, coach, you know, you're, I see this on Twitter. And, of course, the coach is going to reassure you he's not going anywhere. That's what all coaches do. And so um, do I think it's a thing right now? No. Do I think it could be if, you know, if he starts being linked to it more? Sure. Like right now he's just kind of on a hot board or two. I mean, like, let's put it this way. If T. Martin had been a successful head coach at Virginia Tech and the Tennessee job came open, he's automatically going to be on the hot board because he played here, he won the national championship here, he's been successful head coach. Mm-hmm. Same thing, you know, with Josh Heupel. He's a successful head coach, played, you know, at Oklahoma, won the national championship at Oklahoma, automatically gets thrown on hot boards. The initial hot boards actually didn't even have him on it. And then and since then they've got added, but, you know, there's not much talk about Heupel in Oklahoma, like outside of just like the common hot board. Like I don't, I don't hear the, a lot of chatter from national media or, or any of that. You know, not to say that, you know, he can't end up being a factor for that job. Lane Kiffin was, what, eighth ninth down the list at USC when yep. Pete Carroll left, and then yep. you start missing and you start missing. And, and I think ADs now aren't willing to, you know, miss, 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 miss. I think they're going to miss, miss. All right, sure thing, let's go. I mean, I, I don't know, but nobody wants to get into this free fall and, you know, where it looks like you blundered a surge or, you know, this or that. So, you know, I, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I, as of right now, I don't see it. I said Sunday night, I thought this was a 10 or 15% chance of happening. Uh, you never say never in coaching searches, but it, it just doesn't feel like it um, as of now. Uh, Tennessee Prime, Austin, a lot. I got one more thing to cover with you. Tennessee Prime, there will be no Tennessee <laughs> Prime tonight. Uh, we, are going, we have one more left, but we're going to save that for uh, a, a date where we know the bold destination of this football team, right? That's correct. That's exactly what we'll do. We'll we'll do it where we can talk bowl game and we can talk uh, destination, bowl matchup, and uh, you know maybe more there on, on on the final edition for the season of Tennessee Prime sometime in the month of December. That sounds good. That sounds good. Hey man, appreciate you. Thank you for the time. Um, make sure you guys follow Austin Price on Twitter, Austin Price List. Follow. Uh, ben and Austin's work there at VolQuest.com. Uh, man, have a good Tuesday. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Austin Price's time is brought to you by Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty. Uh, give her an email at JenniferMorris865 at gmail.com or give her a phone call at 865-257-7897. If you, again, if you are looking to sell, buy, or invest in real estate. We will take a Quick timeout here at hour number three, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Stay with us. Be right back. It's Red Plastic Cop with some big news for you movie-making content. For what is coming up on the Swain event. Out-of-town law firms have been swarming into East Tennessee lately. Firms from Memphis, Chattanooga, and Birmingham have stormed into the area. Wouldn't you rather do business with a local law firm? You know, a true neighbor. Marcos Garza and the pros at the Garza Law Firm are just that. 
They are our neighbors and friends that support local causes year-round. The Garza Law Firm works to serve you professionally on criminal matters, injuries and accident matters, and Social Security and disability filings. The Garza Law Firm is here for you at GarzaLaw.com. The Garza Law Firm, let us help. Hey there, Swain Event listeners. I'm excited to share my new Keller Williams Realty app so you can tour homes without leaving yours. Not only can you search for homes in specific areas and neighborhoods, you can also have access to real-time market snapshots on stats like average home price and days on market, plus commute times from your office, school zones, and much more. Download my app today and get the most accurate information on buying, selling, and investing in real estate in your area. Just search for the Keller Williams Realty app and click on more in the lower right-hand corner. Type in Jennifer Morris in the Your Agent search bar, then save and you're set. And as always, feel free to reach out at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. There is no better restaurant in town to enjoy the madness of March with. Cheer on the Vols and the Lady Vols with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadmbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. There are articles and news stories that you read about the things that people do. And when you're reading those and you start to shake your head, you start to scratch your head a little bit. You get confused. You don't understand why. You start to ask questions. But really, there's only one question that matters. What is that question you may ask? For what?
three here on the Swain event is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com, reinventing men's health care. And uh, Ben, what do you have for us today? For for what? I have two things that I would like to mention. Uh, the first is a, a five-word quote from the Oklahoma president, Joe Haraz, when he said that he admits that he would have liked more of a notice. We would have liked more notice. That was his comment during the Oklahoma press conference I'm yesterday. Sure he, I'm sure he would have. Uh, I bet the Big 12 would have as well. Oh! Oh! Joe. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm sure the Big 12 would have liked a heads up as well. It's funny. When we when we want something. I was literally thinking this. Man, when we want something, we want it done a certain way. But mm-hmm. we don't mind doing it um, a different way when it's we're doing it to someone else. That whole golden rule, man, it mm-hmm. sure gets lost in the shuffle real easily for people, don't it? it? It does. I'm also going to give Kirk Cousins a for what? Because mm-hmm. over the weekend, <laughs> Kirk Cousins lined up under the guard. He lined up under the right guard. And Minnesota had to call a timeout because of it. <laughs> he said, just got under the wrong guy, which you can do a lot with that quote. Just got we under know. the wrong guy. We we know. I know Why you know. Why did you do it? Did you, did, you know, were you a little loopy? Did you take a hit before? Or just, you know, you wasn't thinking? You had too much on, on, on your mind? I mean, we saw what happened. But yeah, he des- he certainly deserves a for what there. He said, we just didn't get lined up properly, and the play clock was winding down. I was just moving, trying to get everybody settled, and just got under the wrong guy. And they had to take a timeout because it was fourth and goal. The Vikings were down by eight in the fourth quarter and had to call a timeout when he did this. And then after the timeout, he threw an incomplete pass over the head of Justin Jefferson and the Vikings missed their best chance to tie the game. So, Kirk Cousins, uh, you you get a for what? But at least you weren't the worst quarterback in the NFL on on Sunday. On Sunday, that uh that award goes to Ben Roethlisberger and Cam Newton. Jalen Hurts had three and, picks, and Jalen Hurts. Yes, the the Matthew Eagles. Stafford threw another pick six. Yeah. It, it, nothing about the NFL has made sense this year. Nothing at all. I, I heard yesterday that right now the NFL is on track to be – this season of the NFL is on track to be the, like the, the season that has had the most upsets all time, like in terms of the point spread and, and underdogs winning. Like this season is on track to have the most underdogs to ever win. In, in NFL history. So nothing nothing about the NFL has made sense. Yeah, I'm mad at Jalen Hurts. Man, I had a five-game parlay. I just needed the the Eagles to beat the Giants. I had five teams on the money line. I had Eagles money line, uh, Bengals money line. Yes, I picked against my Steelers. 
because I, 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 I knew I knew they were about to take an L. I just oh, yeah. I didn't think they'd take that bad well, of, uh, of an L. I, I took the Patriots money line. I knew that the Titans were about to get crushed. You should took you should took that spread on that one, man. That would have gave you a little bit more money. I did. I did it separate. Oh, okay. I took the uh, the Falcons money line. They beat down the Jaguars, and then I took uh, the Broncos money line. Ah. I had a five team parlay, and I hit on the Bengals. Patriots, Broncos, Falcons, and I I don't put a, a lot of money down when when I do it. like I put like a little five five dollar mm. I, I I don't I'm not a big game gambler obviously but I mean that five dollar with the parlay that I chose it would have paid out like fifty three dollars and freaking Jalen Hurts throwing three interceptions yeah, how it's the freaking Giants Jeremy up. Pruitt coaches on the other defense that you're going up against they ain't doing nothing. He contributes. He ain't doing and, and he was like Butch Jones until Butch Jones won that national championship last year. He's just a walking curse. Everything he touches goes sour. Oh, man. 865-255-03, hour three, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Speaking of placing bets, you can do that with Action 247, Tennessee's only legal sports book. Follow them on Twitter at TN Action 247. Really easy, really simple. Right now, you can use the promo code Swain Event and get a 100% match, basically doubling your deposit up to $400 for first time customers, new customers only. You can do that with Action. Two four seven local legal sports book. Local legal sports book. Two most important words in there. Legal number one. Number two is local. They're Tennessee. They're Tennessee. So win some bets. Win some bets with with a Tennessee sports book. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top one hundred barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Jason Swain here. Somebody yeah. on uh, the text box who forgot to put their name on the text box mm-hmm. is is giving us a for what? Okay. Um, because we did not mention Ronnie Lott uh, as one of the greatest safeties. So I I'm I'm I don't know who this is because they forgot to put their name on it. Um, but I, I am turning this for what around on you because we were joking about Rodney Harrison because his son, Christian Harrison, was on the verge yesterday of committing to Tennessee and then did commit to Tennessee yesterday. Our, our list of, of greatest safeties was was a joke. It's a joke. Outside of, you know, Troy Palomalu and, and Eric Reed really being – you know, up there, up there, and listen, Rodney Harrison is great too. But they all had ties. Steelers, being a Steelers fan, and a big time Eric Berry fan, and Eric Berry's favorite safety was was Ed Reed, which is. And I also said like those th- those three were my favorite safeties of all time. I didn't say that they were the greatest safeties of Your all favorite. time. I said Eric Berry. And Troy Palomalu were my favorite safeties of all time. And now I put Rodney Harrison in that list because his son Christian is now committed to Tennessee. So to this nameless person 
<laughs> on the text box. <laughs> you coward. No, I'm kidding. Probably you, you get it for what? No. Ballstorm doesn't put long sentences. He goes with the... The tweets. Yeah. Short and sweet. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. 865-255-03. Irish Network's hotline. Man, I wonder, I wonder what coaching dominoes going to fall today. Hmm, it sounds like Virginia Tech is getting close to, to hiring a coach. Uh, there is Bill O'Brien, rumors to Virginia Tech last night. Uh, and then uh, Brent Key is, is the latest rumor to be the next Virginia Tech head coach uh, who is up at, at Penn State. Or is he at Georgia Tech right now? Oh, he's a Georgia, Georgia Tech. Tech. Yeah, he's a Georgia Tech O-line coach. Sorry. He's a good um, one, too. Man. Yes, he is a very, very, very I mean, good offensive line coach. The only reason he left Alabama to go to Georgia Tech is because he played at Georgia Tech. Yeah, I mean, he, he is the the younger Rodney Garner of the offensive line. He he is awesome. He's at the top of everybody's offensive line coach lists in, in the country. So we'll see if Virginia Tech makes a move. I'm real curious to see what Notre Dame does, uh, what – what Oklahoma does seems like Notre Dame's not going to be as as big of a search as as Oklahoma. One of their top assistants, Marcus Freeman, has been generating a lot of buzz, and there, there's apparently a lot of push there to just name him the the head coach. And then is is Notre Dame going to be willing to sit through a a Cincinnati playoff run? That's a long time right there, man. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. And if you are Luke Fickle, I think – and this happens. It's part of it. It's terrible. But the worst thing you could do is leave while your team is in the middle of a college football playoff run where you have to dang near be perfect from not just this year but from last year. It's a lot harder for a team like Cincinnati to get to the playoffs than it is a Notre Dame. Notre Dame is going to be playing with the help, their head coach. But, like, Notre Dame will be back. They'll be, it's easy for them to get back. Cincinnati, Cincinnati's doing this for all the group of five schools. Like, they're putting them on their back. You're doing it for everybody. So, uh, hopefully, if Luke Fickle is, is seriously considering Notre Dame, that he waits until. After his team competes, but I don't know. Man. I don't think he goes anywhere. I think he is. I think he would take the, take the the Notre Dame job. Why would you stay at Cincinnati when when you could go to Notre Dame? I mean, it is right around the street from ain't that uh, far from Ohio. And I, I did get my Brents mixed up. Uh, Virginia Tech is looking at Penn State defensive coordinator Brent Pry. Pry, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So apparently, Brent Pry and old Bill O'Brien is, is in the mix over there. That's surprising that Bill O'Brien would not be in it for a little bit better of a job than than Virginia Tech. Yeah, and I've even like uh, the social media reaction and message board reaction, or just like college football fan reaction, has has kind of surprised me with with Bill O'Brien. Everybody thinks he's a bad football coach, no, and not college. The only time he's been a head coach in college, he's been successful. He was, when he when good. he has failed, it's been when he was a general manager with the Texans. That that's what got him in trouble with the Texans. It, it wasn't even the X's and O's part that that got him in trouble in Houston. It was the the 
the GMing that that got him in trouble. And be, and and being a head coach too. I mean, he 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 did not do a good job of of handling grownups. Didn't have their respect. But Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier, these are all guys that went to the pros was not successful, then went to college and was successful. Pete Carroll, then Pete Carroll went back to the pros and then ultimately, you know, won Super Bowl and had like a little mini dynasty for a little bit. Now they now they they're, they're not good, but you can still be a good coach and not knock the ball out of the park in pros and then go to college and still be a, a really good coach. Bill O'Brien has already proven that he's a good coach at the college level because he was at Penn State. So, again, a little surprised that Bill O'Brien can't do better than Virginia Tech. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good job, but – Again, like Bill O'Brien, it's a good job. NFL coach, yeah, it's a former NFL coach. I I don't know. I guess he's got to continue to rehab his name. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't think he did anything terrible to the point where he had to, you know, seriously rehab it. And Vaughn Birmingham makes a a good point. Not that this necessarily affects what schools are thinking, but people are blaming him for, for the Alabama offense this year, and he's hearing it from his cousin lovers. Every day, look, I'm I'm in a, a group chat and with with my buddies who are Bama fans, and literally this, this morning I woke up to a text about Bill O'Brien because uh, I joked. Well, and in this group thread, the the tweet about Bill O'Brien being a, a front runner for Virginia Tech was shared, and Bama buddy said, "Please take him," and I said, "Y'all should call Jeremy to come call the offense." And he said, would be hard to be worse than, than B.O.B. Yes, the line has been trashed, and I blame Marone. But also, we have a first-round O-line and left tackle and continue to run to the right side 90% of the time. Alabama fans are fed up with Bill O'Brien. Hey, weird. But, but, but Bryce Young about to win the Heisman, so he gets no credit for that, right? Yeah, and, and here, here's my whole argument with, with what Bill O'Brien is doing this year with the Alabama offense. How many of those Alabama receivers got drafted last year? On top of the, the, the offensive lineman that got drafted, on top of Najee Harris, who leads Alabama's program in career rushing yards. And who was the quarterback last year for Alabama? They lost all that and are still one of the best offenses in the country. Alabama fans so spoiled. that That's the problem. That's why, that's why Nick snapped on them. It was weird to see Nick uh, as happy as he was on the field after the game on Saturday. That, that, that's a different Nick Saban than we yeah, – and It was kind of cool. Oh, I I see, I was, I'm going here too. I was watching game day. They did this feature on him and Miss Terry. I don't know if you saw that. Well, I saw Miss Terry after the game and how, like – Excited she was. Man, that's, 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 that's type of lady you need in your corner right yes, there, man. Yes, that's, a, that's, that's a ride or die. That, that's what you need right there, but – no, last week Nick Saban was roasting the fans to their face, and they they were like loving every bit of it. It was it was hilarious. <laughs> but he was right though. I didn't run. I didn't want to like retweet it or. Well, I was, I was going to take it a step further. But it was but it was it was probably Nick Saban's best best rant. Well, it was pretty good. I have a confession. What? Nick Saban is becoming likable. Mm. I mean, I'm at all, least for me, he's becoming like like he's showing he's starting to show his personality and. Like he's like Nick Saban's likable, other than the fact that he's like just Nick Saban and his personality. 
take away the fact that he's the, the head coach at Alabama. Like he's he's like he has a likable personality. I mean, he been he was spitting truth, and then he said these players don't get paid. I was like, hold on now, hold on now, <laughs> hold on now, Nick. Say now you just now you just going too far. We we all know that's a lie, but I mean, hey, I don't like the team that he coaches for, but you know he he does spit truth and. He's he's the best. <laughs> but game day did a feature on him and Miss Terry because they they build a, a habitat house. Mm-hmm. Habitat, uh, habitat for humanity. Yes, they build one every time they win a national championship. So like when when Nick first got there, they went back and built. I don't know. I think eighteen or I don't know how many they had won when he had gotten there. But they went back and built however many for however many championships Alabama had won, and now they do one every year that they win one. But like Volstorm just just said, ain't ain't gonna be no Habitat House this year. <sighs> I just don't want Georgia to win. So whatever whatever that has to happen, so Georgia don't win is, is well. Unfortunately, Georgia is gonna win. A barring we need we need we need Nick we need uh, either Nick or, or Harbaugh or somebody else, man. We. You don't want Kirby Smart winning. Well, I'd, I'd rather see Kirby Smart win it for the first time than uh, see see Alabama win it. Uh, I, I I understand and agree with your thought process. It would be better for Tennessee if if Alabama just won it again instead of Georgia winning it for the first time. I completely agree. I just can't bring myself. Although I hate Georgia, I don't hate them more than I hate Alabama. I just I can't bring myself to. To to have another another team in a game you don't against have to root. Alabama, you don't have to root for anybody. It's just it's just a fact. I, I I know, but I just don't I don't want Alabama to. I'd rather see. I don't want. I would. Too, I would rather literally see anybody win win a national championship than Alabama. I hate Florida. I hate Georgia. So on and so forth. I'd rather them win it. Than, than Alabama, just because I hate Alabama that much. I understand. I understand. I understand. What do you think uh, t- Tuesday, early in the week, but what, what's your early feeling on the SEC championship game? feels like it would be the most Nick Saban Alabama thing ever to look like they did against Auburn and then turn around and, and beat Georgia. Well, I'm, I, don't, I don't trust Kirby Smart to outcoach Nick Saban until he actually does it. So, you know, this is the first time Alabama has been a – Underdog since 2015, and Alabama has not, you know, played hot in the last couple of weeks, and Georgia has has continued to look dominant on defense. I think Alabama poses a threat because they have the receivers on the outside, big play receivers, and then they have a quarterback that's accurate and um, is 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 mobile. And if I'm Alabama, I take a page out of Tennessee's book, and I go no huddle, I go tempo. As much as I can, because what Georgia showed us in the game where they came up here is that big boy Jordan Davis, he don't like that. Those defensive linemen don't like that. And that's the only way you're going to be able to really get get under their skin and, and have plays against them because they're dominant. They're really, really good. So that's what I would do if I'm Nick Saban. You know Nick Saban's going to have something up his sleeve, something that he has not shown on film just for – for Georgia. This is Nick Saban we're talking about. So that's what I would do if I'm Alabama. And they have the personnel to beat Georgia. They just have to go out there and execute. The problem is Alabama's offensive line has, has really been hurting them mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks. And I, I just – I think that Georgia 
I mean, Auburn took the the the, the Bama tackles to the task yeah. on on Saturday off both edges and yeah, play better. I, I feel like Georgia's defensive front is, is going to be the difference in the game. Unfortunately, six and a half point favorite Georgia is, and again, like first time they've been underdogs since 2015, and there's not another team in the country that has the personnel to beat Georgia, but they haven't been playing um, all that hot. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Sorry, Brent, for the 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 Nick Love Fest. Hey, man, the dude is – just because you don't like somebody, you can't deny when they say something that's true that you would agree with if somebody else said it. Coach SAJ says if Kirby doesn't win it this year, he's never going to win it. Georgia better uh, look at this. But Georgia better look at the same way they looked at Mark Rick. They won't. Two four seven has Dylan Gabriel committed to Ole Miss. That would be interesting and, and make a ton of sense. Since well, that would mean Lane ain't going anywhere. Well, it's that would mean Lane Kiffin, that would mean Lane Kiffin is about to get. Paid or Ole Miss, or that these these big schools don't want Lane the way people think that they do because the, the reports out of LSU are that Lane never really got a look. USC is a little bit different because USC has already been down that road with with Lane, mm-hmm. but I I think maybe if Oklahoma doesn't give Lane a, a true look, I think that would be very telling. Tennessee didn't want anything to do with Lane last year. Mm-hmm. Auburn didn't want anything to do with Lane last year. Like like these big time jobs don't want Lane for a reason. And maybe one day it'll it'll sink into the head of folks like Dravall who just clamor for Lane and, and have a of a, a poster of, of Lane above his bed like they do in Christmas vacation that he stares at every night before he goes to bed. Now, D'Arval is, is over Lane now. But that would be a good fit for, for Ole Miss if Dylan Gabriel goes there because, um, you know, their offense coordinator was at, at Central Florida. And um, there's some familiarity there. And, you know, Dylan Gabriel is used to run up-tempo offense. He did that under Josh Heupel. And Ole Miss was right there with Tennessee as – um, one of the schools that ran 2.87 to 2.97 plays per per minute. Ole Miss is right there. So that would be a really good fit for Dylan Gabriel, for sure, and, and Lane Kiffin, if that truly plays out. And Jeff Levy is there as well. Yep, that's what I mentioned. Yeah, I didn't mention his name, but Jeff Levy came from Central Florida um, to, to, to Ole Miss and his, his offense coordinator and like he is the coordinator. He has the green light to, to to call plays, and Lane gives him that. He does a really good job. So maybe this is the, the, the time that Jeff Lebby gets an opportunity to be a head coach. It's only a matter of time before he gets one. Mm-hmm. I don't see why not. I mean, if a guy like Tim Banks is getting an opportunity, I think Jeff Lebby should be getting opportunities as well out here uh, with head coaching vacancies. You know, on one hand, I hate what – the, the transfer portal has become in college football. But on the other, it really is entertaining and fun to talk about. Like the coaching carousel and then – I mean, it, it is like free agency with, without legal money being passed around. That, that's, that's what it is. Like we, we all get excited 
when when NFL free agency hits or uh, NBA free agency, us baseball fans are enjoying MLB free agency right now. Like like it's it's fun for a couple of weeks during the off season, and as much as I hate what the transfer portal has become, I, it, it sure is fun to talk about all the potential moves and, and to assess the moves that do happen. And it's, it's it's free agency all over again. I remember at this point last year. It wasn't fun at all because we were sitting here looking like <laughs> Oklahoma fans when everybody was leaving. And this year is fun because That's true. We're, not, true. we're not in that spot. So I guess it <laughs> just this depends on what position that you're in as a fan, whether it's fun or not. It, it was fun when Rick Barnes was doing it over the offseason. Yeah, I, bet, I bet it wasn't fun for, for Tom Crean and, and Georgia to mm-hmm. watch <laughs> their best player transfer to Auburn and – Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I, I guess that's a <laughs> I guess that's a good point. And that was not fun last year at all. But Oklahoma, you gonna win the championship this year? The portal, the portal <laughs> championship. Uh, David Ubbin did make a good point uh, on Twitter that like Tennessee should be an example for people that while it it seems right now that just everything is falling apart, that it can still end up okay. Because it did end up okay for for Tennessee, like Tennessee actually ended up in a in a better spot, assuming that you you handle and handle everything okay and make the right decisions. Like you you can come out okay on the other side, even though it doesn't feel like you're gonna come out okay when it's happening. I don't know what I've been talking about because seventy scholarships and SEC play is not okay. Yeah, but it's it's. It's better than it than it was. But everybody, I mean, it it felt like Tennessee was getting the death penalty back in February because we were because <laughs> because everyone was leaving and and coming out okay on the other side is not coming out good or great. Like the scholarship thing is is a fair point, but like Tennessee's like in an okay spot given where they were back in February when it did not. Feel like seven and five and potentially an eighth win in a in a bowl game was possible. When I was saying during the summer that hey, I I can see a, a seven win season because the the schedule isn't all that difficult. I mean, I get text box messages saying that I was crazy. Okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It is Men's Health Month for just one more day, folks. This is uh, the last day of the month. Man, wow, it's crazy. Low T Center will ship directly to you low testosterone uh, treatments. But first, go get your levels tested, guys. Go find out your number. Make sure uh, that, that you're good in all the areas where you need to be good at. Men, get that test done. Get those levels checked with the comprehensive annual health assessment at the Low T Center. Go to the website, lowtcenter.com. Go find out what location is close to you. Get there and get those levels checked. If they see that your levels are low and you need some help in that area, uh, they offer the convenience of the Monitor Self-Inject at Home uh, testosterone treatments. They're just $155 a month for self-pay or covered by most health insurance, and they ship directly to your home. Just $155 a month, self-pay, covered by most health insurance, and they ship directly to you. Let's see what else is on the text box. Brad says, as long as Rodney G stays. Yeah, I ain't worried about Rodney G. Nah, he ain't going anywhere. 
fall field. Y'all, y'all over here responding to Ken's terrible take about about Tim Banks. Damn, y'all. Yeah. Oh boy. Big Willie says, "How soon we forget the TFLs, the second most in school history, and all the cookies alone take off for us? Protect Rodney Garner at all costs." That's right. People will say, no love lost in order to convince themselves it doesn't hurt. I think that's what Ken's doing. Trying to convince himself that Tim Banks' departure wouldn't hurt. Because saying that he did an okay job is just is ludicrous. Now, Ken was right when he said in his original message that it wouldn't be the end of the world if if Tim Banks decided to take a, another head coaching job. And, and you detailed that earlier in the show that, hey, Josh Heupel's made the job more attractive. And, and it would not be the end of the world if Tim Banks left because since you have made the job attractive, you can go out and get another Tim Banks. Theoretically, but it don't work that way. Because <laughs> Tennessee went out there and got Bob Shoop and it just didn't work out. You know, sometimes sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes a guy, his his X and O's are on point, but his his delivery, his messaging, is off a little bit, and the players don't respond. Ken says, "Funny how literally the only thing Swain ever brings up in a defense of Banks are TFLs, which were great. But how many of those TFLs were in, in great uh, or great part contribute to the best D line coach, Ronnie Garner, in the country?" What good did the TFLs do when the opposing offense is routinely converted third and fourth downs the very next play? I know you guys love some banks. I certainly don't dislike him. He did a decent job, but he was in no way great. He can surely find another D.C. who allows quarterbacks to kill us, run the ball all year long, convert third and fourth downs at a record pace. Shouldn't be too hard. Ken, you know Tim Banks can't tackle, right, during the game? Part of being a coordinator is putting guys in position to be successful. Not doing it for them. <laughs> like, when you are considered a good coordinator on either side of the football, it's because you put guys in position to be successful. Tim Banks, go show me some defensive games or games this year where guys were not lined up properly, guys were leaving – Players wide open all day long with lack of adjustments being made. It's okay, Ken. You can say you don't know much about football without saying you don't know much about football here because defensive coordinators don't tackle. Players make the play. Players tackle. What Tim Banks did was put guys in position to make plays. And if they don't make the play, that ain't on Tim Banks. Just like if a receiver dropped the ball and he's wide open after a great you know, play being skied up by the offense coordinator, that ain't on the offense coordinator. That's on the receiver for dropping the ball or an overthrow from a quarterback. That's on the quarterback for overthrowing, not the coordinator. So you should be able to see how good Tim Banks was, better than just okay, this season – because guys were in position to make plays all season long. They made plays against inferior talent. Why? Because they weren't that good. So against South Carolina, against Missouri, where the rosters were pretty even, 
We didn't have any problems making plays. But you line up freaking five-star running back up against Olin Page, and now Tim Banks is okay. <laughs> That's the difference, Ken. Tim Banks is good. Good coaches, coaches who are not good, don't end up on Frank Broll's semifinals list either. What Tim Banks has done this year has been remarkable. And TFLs didn't come just from the defensive line either. <laughs> TFLs come in a running game from you know linebackers as well. D-line did a good job, but TFL is not specific to just the defensive line. It's how you prepare your guys on the game plan. Pay attention to, to keys. The prep that you put in during, during the week. Educating your guys on what to look for. And when they see what you have worked on during the week, they're reacting. They're not thinking as much. That's the big difference between last year and this year. It's something that Theo Jackson has talked about, something that a lot of these defensive players have talked about. They they don't have to think. They make it easy. They make it simple. Guess who who gets credit for that? The defense coordinator. Kim, be better tomorrow, man. Get you some rest. <clears throat> Get you some ginseng. Be better tomorrow, Kim. We'll be back. 865-255-03. Swain event fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. For Ben McKee and Jason Swain. Hope you have a great day. Peace and love. We are out.